Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the greatest heel turns of all time. That's right. July 7th, we saw one of the greatest heel turns in the history of pro wrestling when Hulk Hogan was the third man with Nash and Hall. What other significant heel turns are in your memory banks as wrestling fans? We talk about it on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, tonight we got Fighter Fest night number two. And who better to talk about it? Someone who has a big match tonight. And that is Nyla Rose joins us. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Would you mind, Tommy, if I started and gave you my top three? Or would you like to do your top three first? Uh, well, you're the host. So the hosts, I feel, should go last because I'm the co-host. I'm your Robin to your Batman. So I feel that's how that should be. But as a gracious host, you can go first as well. As the apprentice that I am. <laughs> I don't, now, I, now I'm confused. Who's going to go first? Well, you Dave, as a host, you need to make these very, very hard decisions. All right. How about this? I'll do my list now, and then at at 10 a.m., you can do your list. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Here are my top three heel turns of all time. Mm, Nervous. You're nervous? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. At number three, and... I'm interested to see if you're going to have this on your list, Tommy, because you and I spoke about this extensively because we did a watch along that you can get on the SiriusXM app and you could also hear on the Busted Open podcast. And that is the infamous match on Christmas Day, 1982, between Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, a significant match, obviously, you know, on Christmas night at World Class at the Reunion Arena, Kerry Von Erich going for that NWA title. That's significant enough, but it's what happened during that match, and that was that Michael Hayes was one of your special guest referees along with David Manning. 
you know, did it with uh, a pair of jeans on and no shirt. But I digress. Sexy. But he, he definitely was. But before you knew it, the uh, cage door hit Kerry Von Erich in the head by Terry Gordy. And that was when you had the infamous turn of the Freebirds on the Von Erichs that started one of the greatest feuds in the history of pro wrestling. Fabulous, fabulous. I totally, dude, how sad is that? I forgot about it. Wouldn't even be on my list because I forgot about it, but it was, it was so great. And when, as soon as you did it, I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not even think of that one? And yeah, man, business uh, picked up. We, when we also interviewed Kevin Von Erich, he put that over super duper special in his life. I also like the fact when he discussed about the Chris Adams turn on him too was uh, up there and the business that Chris and Gino did. And yeah, man, that came out of nowhere. Cause if you remember David Von Erich, he went to Florida, he was hanging out with the Freebirds. Then he brought yep. the Freebirds over to world-class championship wrestling. They were hanging out like rock stars doing the coca bean, banging rats and groupies all every <laughs> second. There was thousands of them. And you know what? All of a sudden, Terry Gore is like, nope, all the coca bean is for me. And bam, <laughs> and we're off to running. But most fights start about drugs and women. Yeah, and that definitely did. And again, the significance of it, because that feud was one of the greatest feuds of all time. So, again, great story going in. A significant match on Christmas night that where that memory and moment came from. And then again, it came in to be one of the greatest feuds of all time. All right. That was my number three. Good one. I at, like it. Drew a lot number, of money. Good. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I really like that pick. Okay. At number two, Tommy. Now, this one, if you go to the internet and people Google search, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they call the kids call it nowadays, you know? You know, usually all the time I'm Googling episodes of Quincy. But when you're Googling, like, the greatest list of, you know, heel turns, I was looking. This was nowhere to be found. I didn't see it on any top 10 list. Uh, there was a list. Uh, somebody came up with a top 25 list. It wasn't even the top 25. But to me, this is one of the greatest significant heel turns of all time. I'll even say this, that some of the moments and promos coming out of this heel turn are some of the greatest promos of all time. And you're going to have to go back to 1979. 1979, there was a great feud in Georgia Championship Wrestling between Ole Anderson and Dusty Rhodes. They hated each other. You know, bull rope matches. They just, they had just this amazing blood feud. But by the end of the year, things turned. Ole Anderson turned. All of a sudden, Ole Anderson kind of found his way. And all the people he hated... He started actually teaming with Tommy Rich being an example. All of a sudden, he was a friend to everyone and gained the respect and love of the fans of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Then the last guy he teamed with was the one who he had the biggest feud with and the biggest blood feud with, and that was Dusty Rhodes. And they had a match with the Assassins. They had a second match with the Assassins, and it led to a third match with the Assassins in a steel cage at the Omni in July 20th, 1980. And the stipulation was, you know, 
for you know picking the referee. Assassins won, got the picked the referee who was Ivan Koloff. Next thing you know, Ole Anderson turns on Dusty Rhodes in that steel cage. And everybody was beating down Dusty Rhodes. The Assassins were beating down Dusty Rhodes. Ivan Koloff was beating down Dusty Rhodes. And Ole Anderson, that turncoat, was given the boots to poor Dusty Rhodes. Go back and watch the video. The fans were trying to get into the cage to save Dusty Rhodes. Now, obviously, at that time, nobody saw it live. But significant moment on Georgia Championship Wrestling, July 26th, is when you saw the footage, you heard from Dusty Rhodes after the match, and Ole Anderson had his first promo in front of that Georgia Championship crowd. It is one of the most amazing moments in the history of pro wrestling, hearing the things that Ole Anderson had to say, hearing from Dusty Rhodes, a bloody Dusty Rhodes after he was attacked, seeing the emotion from the fans, scaling the cage to try to save Dusty Rhodes. It actually brought tears to my eyes. And I, you know what? Oh, go, really quick, before you react, Guns, do we have the audio of the... I, now, again, the match took place. It was not on live TV. You could see it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's a single shot, single camera shot of the actual moment, the actual heel turn. But was even probably more significant was the promos coming out on July 26th in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And just to go back now, my God, go back... Almost 40 years ago, let's listen into Dusty Rhodes and Ole Anderson. Let me tell you what, a steel toe boot couldn't take me out. I told you this thing will never be over. It will never be over. Both of them, they both of them run up around. I can't stand it because the other one's always jumping in. Call off, you broke your chain. You broke your chain. Whip it with a chain. Only Anderson laying down could not take me out with a steel toe boot. Could not put me away with a steel toe boot. And I'm going to say this right now and get it through your head until you have a broken back, until you have a broken neck, until your bodies are broken and beaten. Both of you, this thing will never be over. Well, you proved it would never be over last Sunday night at the Omni, sir. Dusty Rhodes' own words. It'll never be over. Well, I remembered all the time. I had to sit there and just go out of my mind with Tommy Rich was in my corner. Stan Hansen was in my corner. Tony Atlas, all of those people. I had to stand there and be with every one of them. Amazing. And, and, and even to the point, if you listen further, like he threatens Gordon solely. Like he's like, stay out of my way, Gordon, or you're going to be next. Like, I mean, it's a, I mean, this is a man that you love. This is a man that you thought turned the corner. This is a man that you thought was friends with Tommy Rich and friends with Dusty Rhodes. It's, it, that, that Dusty Rhodes, like everyone talks about Dusty Rhodes, they bring up the hard times promo. That promo of a bloody Dusty Rhodes talking about Ivan Koloff and Ole Anderson, honestly, one of the greatest promos of all time. 
Unfortunately, because, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling is not on the WWE Network, you know, because that actual turn didn't happen on live TV, it's kind of been forgotten through time. And all these lists that I've read, Tommy, none of them mention what I feel is one of the greatest heel turns of all time, Ole Anderson turning on Dusty Rhodes. A year in the making, but Ole turning on Dusty Rhodes. Phenomenal. I remembered it as a kid. I was heartbroken. Words will always hold true because a later promo was Anderson's and Rose's will never get along. And if you think about that history and they use that like as the old school Hackfields versus the McCoys. Yep. Uh, and it was, it was amazing. And it was like you were being another promo after that. Ole Anderson basically said everything that he did for the year that he was a babyface, he roped the people in yep. and he took you on a narrator's journey of a heel and said, I tagged with Stan Hansen. I tagged with Tommy Rich. I did everything that you people liked just so I could get Dusty Rhodes alone in a cage with no help. And it was like this masterful evil plan unfold. And it was brilliant. And I remember how it also turned when Ole turned, Ole got his ass kicked and he had no friends because he's Ole Anderson and he was all bloody. His shirt was ripped up. And when Dusty came to his aid and said he was going to be his partner, it was just like this magical, magical moment. And what a yeah promo by dream as well. I also loved how he, it almost sounded like he would pattern his breaths like, <gasps> and something and, <gasps> And then something and and it was that I remember trying to like do that as a promo, but that was just him getting out his emotion where that was just his natural catching of a breath because he's so pissed off. It's it just fabulous. I love that. I'm really weird. The experts of MLB Network Radio. Watch how you're landing if you're pitching. You're not in line. So now you're losing power. You're losing strength. Ryan Spielborgs. You're going to have arm side run. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose velocity. That's where we're at. It's no longer a field. Now we can actually take data from force plates that can show you you're costing yourself energy. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209, XM 89. And on the Sirius you could go to any wrestling show, obviously not right now during the pandemic, but before the pandemic started and hopefully after, you could go to any wrestling show. I don't care. Any wrestling show in the world. And there will be somebody wearing an NWO t-shirt, Tommy. I don't think there's ever been a, a moment that had the ramification and the significance like that moment from July 7th. I'm shocked that that is your number one. Interesting. You want to know why? Because when he did that, half the building cheered. I understand they wanted it to happen for so, so long. And I think that's where the business kind of changed, where it was at times cool to be bad. And, you know, if you think about the NWO, how many T-shirts they sold, they were a heel faction, but they weren't a heel faction like the Four Horsemen where they were hated. And I didn't even have that on my list because they forever, everyone wanted Hulk Hogan to turn heel 
or drop the title, you know, after he, you know, why it was in WWE. And even when he went to WCW, it was like, oh, it's the same old shtick. And then finally, when he did it, yes, shocking. There was also reports, if you remember, David, back in the that the people throwing the stuff, there were some plants doing that for real heat because sometimes it didn't garner that. Shocked that that's your number one. You, you had that much emotional investment in it? Well, I just think for somebody like a Hulk Hogan that for so long was the biggest star and the biggest baby face in pro wrestling, I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. I didn't think that that would ever, ever happen. And the You're going to see it coming. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's Who my number that? one. What's that? Who uh, that Ethel, Mar- Eth- Ethel Merman. No, that was Roddy Piper. <laughs> Ethel Merman. It sounded like it's you did. It sounded like you did There's a really good. No Ethel. business, business like, like show. Business like no business I know. Only person that's getting that reference is RJ City right now. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be Guns or Gabby. All right, in just a few minutes, Tommy's going to give us. His top three heel moments of all time, but let's get back to the busted open nation. Let's go out to our good friend Joe in North Carolina. Joe, go. Yes, yes. Hello? Top three greatest heel turns, Joe. Oh, I'm sorry about that. All right. Um, number three for me, uh, it's actually a recent one. Sammy Owens turning on, uh, or excuse me, Kevin Owens turning on Sammy Zayn at the end of uh, NXT Takeover or Evolution. I thought that was a great heel turn. That was my number third. Uh, number two, Hogan and Savage. You've got lust in your eyes, my friend. That one uh, on the Saturday night's main event when that blew up. That I hated Macho Man after that, especially because Hogan was trying to help out Elizabeth. But uh, you have to excuse me. IP red, white, and blue. And that's probably because of pancreatic cancer. But regardless of that, I am a full-blooded American and and um, Sergeant Slaughter turning and uh, sympathizing with Iraq. I still hate him to this day, that fake uh, jarhead. But that's a different story for a different time. All right, Joe. A lot of information. I like the list, Joe. Uh, thank you so much. And again, like a lot of emotion in all three of those, Tommy. Like, I understand your argument for my number one, but again, the significance of that moment coming out. But those three, emotion, and I'm glad we got a newer uh, moment with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Absolutely. I was looking at my list, and I'm like, man, I don't have anything past 1988. And I would say the Rockers' turn would be the closest one after. But yeah, man, when Kevin Owens turned on Sami Zayn, that was big because of their history. And it did uh, cement Kevin as a, a top, top player. I'm Jake Query of the IndyCar Radio Network for Sirius XM Sports. Scott Dixon made it two for two in the 2020 NTT IndyCar Series, taking the checkered flag of the GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The series next takes the green flag for a doubleheader in the Dairyland. Race one of the Rev Group Grand Prix at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, begins Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern and can be heard on Sirius Channel 211, XM Channel 205, and the Sirius XM app. A lot of times, Tommy and I share the same brain. 
And a lot of times we do this list. Our lists are almost identical. Gabby, before the show started, said to me, oh, I guess, you know, you and Tommy, your lists are going to be the same. I said, I don't think so. I had a feeling that maybe one of our moments might be the same, but most likely that we would have a different list. And Tommy, right or wrong, is your list different than mine? I don't have any of yours on at all, which are phenomenal. Your list was phenomenal, man. Really was. I, but no. All right. So before we get to the busted open nation, who are going to dominate the rest of this hour, Tommy, give us your top three heel turns of all time. This was super duper hard for me to do. I mean, I had to get rid of Paul Orndorff turning on Hulk Hogan, which I thought was phenomenal. I had to get rid of Mr. Wrestling to the seasoned grappler in his underwear turning on a young Magnum TA because he didn't want to do it his way. Ted DiBiase turning on the junkyard dog that we talked about. There are so, so many great, great angles. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, when Barry Windham joined the Horsemen. Oh, my God. I was like, no way. Don't do that to my dream. But I had to narrow it down to three. Number three, I was so mad as a young, young child when this happened. When the protege of one Bruno Sammartino turned, Larry Zabisco, when he turned on his mentor, it broke my heart. I couldn't believe it. And if you want to talk about a career-changing moment, he became the living legend. He was a top heel. And the behind-the-scenes doing that, where Bruno was kind of done with wrestling somewhat, he had his whole protege, and Larry Zabisco turned on him, and they needed it to help sell out a small little venue called Shea Stadium. And that match was so, so significant, and they did it in a steel cage. But I remember Bruno laying there bloody, and I was like, oh, my God, why did you do that, Larry Zabisco, you son of a bitch? It's a great one, Tommy. I mean, you could argue that could be the greatest. Like you said, led up to that match at Shea Stadium, uh, changed the career of Larry Zabisco forever, probably the, the last great feud for Bruno Sammartino before he called it quits in his last match in 1981 against George the Animal Steel at the Meadowlands. I mean, a very, very significant moment and a, a crazy heel turn. That's a great number three, Tommy. Absolutely. And I remember like there, it's ingrained in my head the photo of Bruno Sammartino, and I thank either George Napolitano or Bill Apter, whoever took it, of Bruno leaving the cage point like and Arnold Scolan's trying to help him down the steps and his arm is all bloody and he's just looking at his arm. And I was like, wow, that was devastating that his arm got cut open from that. And I was just so, I remember it as a kid, like being scarred from that. And I still, uh, you know, whenever I see Larry Zabisco, I think of that moment. I really do. Awesome. Number two, this was a long turn. But when it finally happened, I couldn't believe that it actually happened because I wasn't the biggest. Well, I was, but I was turning. But he was doing the right thing. And in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on Saturday night's main event, because, yeah, you had lust in your eyes for my wife. Yeah. The mega powers split up when Randy Savage turned on Hulk Hogan, breaking the mega powers, because 
basically he thought that Hogan, you know, during the match, he wanted to, you know, get a little something, something <laughs> in the back. And Randy's like, where are you? Then they fought. And if you think about that, the turn didn't happen in front of the audience. The turn happened in the back. And it was such trauma and so big because, you know, even Joe from North Carolina said, you have lust in your eyes and the whole story leading up to it. And, but leading up to it, like I remember the littlest things where Hogan put Liz on his shoulder and Randy like just turned real quick. And it was just like, oh, that was nothing. And you had little, little hints and it took so long. But when he did it, it was a shocker. And what a bump Miss Elizabeth took when Randy Savage just went over the top yep. and just wiped her out. Awesome Man. moment. Shocking and broke up the mega powers. And my number one, when you oh, talk about, this. I think you'll know it. I can't believe you didn't do it. And how about this? Before I go to my number one, Dave, how about something again from the wrestling magazines that I know broke my heart when I ripped open that brown envelope and I saw the fans can go to hell from Tommy Rich. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. It meanwhile, we never saw the turn, but when I read that, I was heartbroken. And I remember reading it like, oh my God, no, Tommy Rich. And like, I couldn't get that information. So think of the world that we lived in where somebody that you love turn heel and you couldn't just click on a website to find this out. And you had to read and try to get that information. That was a, that was probably the number one heel turn from a magazine point of view. Yeah. And it made the cover of it. All right. Now, my number one was kind of a reverse Hulk Hogan joining the NWO because of the ramifications. And it was shocking when it happened, though we saw a little, little bit of hints. And it was when he walked out on Piper's pit, Andre the Giant turned heel on Hulk Hogan. And, you know, we talked about it before. The, the ripping of the chain and Hogan, like, what are you doing here, man? And, you know, the, there's a million backstories that we've all heard, but the ramifications of the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant turning heel when he was this beloved babyface for years and he was at the tail end of his career, drew at the time the largest house in wrestling, but that buildup wasn't a turn in the ring. It wasn't a, it was really a turn of words and why he wanted it. He wanted the spotlight. He was undefeated. Hulk never offered him a title shot for a WWE championship. <laughs> but I digress. And that was, I mean, honestly, that was almost to me, like if you look back at it, done in almost like a news format where like a debate. But Andre walking out and like Hogan, like, what are you doing with him? Was it was shocking. It was shocking to me. And I was a teenager. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? And you never saw that coming. And to me, the ramifications, it it cemented Hulk Hogan's legacy. He carried the torch of the WWE, uh, WWE, but Andre turning was just, you know, and he had the undefeated streak. And even though they had wrestled before, it was just the, the tables had turned. And again, Andre was so beloved, still is, but that moment to me is the number one greatest heel turn 
in the history of professional wrestling. Well, it is significant, and he said it was words. So let's go back to that moment in Piper's Pit. Jesse the Body Ventura, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Hulk Hogan. I'm there for one reason, to challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Andre, please, no, it's not happening. We're friends. We're friends, Andre, please. You can't believe it? Maybe you'll believe this, Hogan. What are you doing, man? You can't leave like this, man. What are you doing, Andre? You can't my cross the shirt. What's wrong with him, man? You can't leave like this. It's not how Andre, come back, man. You don't have to leave like this. And and again, the cross, the shirt, Piper bending down by Hogan and saying, you're bleeding, stop, you're bleeding. Uh, the broken cross, the, the, the ripped Hulkamania shirt, the blood on, on Hogan's chest, like... Pretty, pretty significant moment in the history of pro wrestling, Tommy. And Dave, seriously, I listened to that audio and I got I got goosebumps because if you listen to it, it was the gasps, the gasps of the crowd and people screaming. There was no physicality or violent turn like we saw with the Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. There was no massive fight where, you know, with with Miss Elizabeth, there was literally she was the it was an audio audience member of one where she was just screaming, stop, stop, stop. But man, that was, it was so big. And you just, again, if you listen to that audio, because I'm a weirdo, you can hear those reactions of people just nonstop, like screaming, like, no, this isn't happening. And it, it really wasn't, there wasn't a fight. It was a verbal argument. And it was like, how could you do this to us, Andre? How could you betray us like that? And that is that human emotion where it's, it's what I love about this industry and that we can capture that moment in time, go back and watch it and listen to it. And that's what we're doing. We're not watching it. But when it was played, I had that entire vision running through my head. And Andre had to leave because he had massive titty and pit stains with his stupid jacket on, by the way. That's why he had to leave, everyone. And, and, and you know, it's, it was pretty crazy. He walked into the set for Piper's Pit already with the, with the stains on his shirt. Go back and watch that. He already had the stains on his shirt be, before he even walked out there. Now, Dave, and honestly, this is what I'm trying to do, where I'm trying to say, and if you're listening I, I, and you've watched this, you get it. And you get why we have such passion for this industry. Because I can't remember yesterday, but yet I can remember Andre Gi- the Giant walking out and being like this this moment that's ingrained in my head since I'm yep. 16 years old. And that's what I love about it. I really do. And for our I challenge you. Seven rows of teeth. Seven rows of teeth. And then if you remember Hogan again after that, Hogan being a guest on Piper's Pit and Piper asked Hogan, do you accept the match? Do you accept the challenge? And then him screaming out, yes. And then they they pan to the crowd. And the crowd is going apeshit 
Like, again, no match, no physicality, no violence, just Hogan saying yes to that challenge. Go back and watch it. Watch the crowd reaction when Hogan says yes. It, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Fantasy Sports Radio is 10 years old, and we're celebrating the top performers of the decade with the Diamond Awards. Here are Fantasy Football All-Decade Team announced Wednesday morning at 9 Eastern. Way beyond Bell, touchdown. Plus, our Fantasy Baseball All-Decade Team Friday morning at 9 Eastern. Out of here. Mike Brown. And find out how you can be inducted into the subscriber ring of honor. The 10th anniversary of Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius 210 XM87, Sirius XM app, and however you stream at home. Last week we had night number one of Fighter Fest. Extremely significant night for AEW. Over 115,000 fans more than the week before tuned in to Fighter Fest night number one. But, Tommy, I actually think Fighter Fest night number two is going to be even bigger than night number one. And a big reason why is because on the card is our next guest, and that is Nyla Rose. Nyla, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I think I actually woke up on the right side of the bed today, so I'm feeling pretty good. Got my uh, got my coffee going, so it's just pretty nice. Evil cup of coffee, from what I see. Evil cup of coffee. It's the only way to drink it. It's the only way to drink it. Well, how excited! Oh, go ahead, Tommy. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm stepping on you all day, Tommy, because you got you got. <laughs> I'm drinking too. my baby face coffee right here. Oh, I got. I, I'm with Niall. I have my evil cup of coffee. All right, cheers. Uh, Jason That's Voorhees. Right. <laughs> Jason Voorhees on my on my mug. Um, talking Fighter Fest. You're on Fighter Fest tonight, but no idea who your opponent's going to be tonight. Oh, you you guys don't know. I know. See, that's 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 the thing is I know who my opponent's going to be. I I pretty much hand selected them. Uh, speaking with a coach. Okay, let's rewind a little bit. I've been speaking with a coach, just kind of mm-hmm. get my head back in the game after losing the title, and she she brought up some very good points. Uh, you know, this is our second fighter fest. She told me I kind of needed to revisit the past, so. I, I took a look at what happened at last year's Fighter Fest, and I decided I wanted to use tonight to make a statement. So I gave her a couple of names, some of the young ladies that have been very impressive, uh, passing through our doors with AEW Dark. And um, we, made some, we made some very tough decisions, but we're going to revisit a, a, a bit of a theme from last year's Fighter Fest. And uh, I think tonight I'm going to make a very prominent statement. Mm, I like it. You know what the best part about all of this is with the world of wrestling in a pandemic? Spoilers really don't get leaked out. and We could kind of keep everything in-house how yes. it's supposed to be. And Nyla really teasing us there. I like it. A little I bit. Must a little bit. She's messing with my mind. She has lost <laughs> her eyes for her opponent tonight. I like it. <laughs> Nyla being such a tease. Well, Nyla, I mean, now that you're on Busted Open and you know, any chance you could kind of spill the beans for us here before whatever takes place tonight at Fighter Fest night number two? No. Oh, okay. Figured I'd take a chance. This is how you got banned. This is how Cody banned you the first time. And, and Nyla, I'm, I'm glad you brought, brought that up. And we're going to get, obviously, into your career and obviously what's going to take place at night number two. And, and, and now I would have to think you you would take my side on this whole banning by Cody Rhodes. Like, 
Cody is taking his personal beliefs into this banning. Like, it's his, first of all, his ignorance, because he's never seen any of the police academy movies, which is, to me, just ridiculous. Whoa, and then because- whoa, that's, that's new information. You didn't, you didn't reveal that last time. Okay, that, that totally changes everything. And, like, it started with Lord of the Rings. And I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings, I think the average time of one of those Lord of the Ring movies is, like, five hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a family, Nyla. I don't have five hours to spend on a movie, so I'm not watching any of these <laughs> shitty Lord of the Ring movies. But I made a deal with Cody. I said, Cody. I said, if you just watch one of the police academy, the first police, just watch one of the police academy movies. You know what? I'll watch Lord of the Rings. He refused. So he, the, the guy doesn't bend. That's another problem. He's got that personality where he doesn't bend. He thinks he's right about everything. That's not a good way to be, Niall. And then the other thing is, listen, I love Star Wars, but the later Star Wars movie, Jar Jar Binks and everything, they kind of fell off. That's all I was saying. And then he bans me from AEW. I, you know, it, it, I'll be honest. At first, I was on side with that banning, but you're telling me he's never seen a Police Academy movie? Never. That's not one. That's that, see that that's a travesty. That's a travesty. I don't know. I might have to be impartial here and just take a step back. I'm very disappointed in our TNT champion right now. Yeah, yeah, bad person. And then here we had, I tried to make things better and it was his birthday. It was just his birthday. So to celebrate his birthday, I got him a cake and I got him some presents, which I still have here wrapped. I'm so jaded. They're still here. <laughs> I threw out the cake because it's an ice cream cake. You know, it's good. Matter. So I threw it out. Like, so before I presented the cake and then the gifts, Nyla, he hung up on me. He hung up on me. Mm, 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 mm. He is something else. He he is something yeah. else. Ain't He's he? something. Now, Nyla, since, and, and again, we're going to get into Fighter Fest night number two. We got a lot to talk about with you. But this is up to you. You know, you don't, you don't have to, you could say no. Do you, do you want to see the gifts that I bought for Cody? Are you I'm nosy as hell. Of course I want to see the gifts you bought for Cody. All right. I, Tommy, you you continue the conversation. I'm going to go grab the gifts. <laughs> well, uh, I would have turned heel on Dave if uh, you would have given those spoilers. I mean, I'd ban him, too, for asking uh, AEW Talent to release some of these spoilers. I mean, come on. There's, 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 it's a two-part uh, system here, Dave, and I'm your biggest fan, but, you know. He's, he's got to know better. He's got to know better. All right, Tommy, you shut up now because I got the gifts. All right, so oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up the gifts, okay? All right. All right. Let's see. Oh, I can't wait to see what I, I got Cody. All right. There we go. Open up the thing. There we go. All right. Here we go. See, how about this? A, Le oh, a LaGreca oh, head t-shirt. Look at that. How well, beautiful is that? Who wouldn't want that? Who would not I mean, want that? That is amazing. Get that at ProWrestling.com. That would be great to like wash your car with or like, you know, clean up a leak under the refrigerator. Like who would not want that? That's amazing. Yeah. Let your dog lay in it. Yeah. You're dealing, you're dealing with a heel here, Dave. You're not going to so, get sympathy. So many uses. So many uses. That's uh, that's not nice. Available and then at Pro I Wrestling got... Tees, by the way. Available <laughs> at Pro Wrestling Tees. And then uh, Scott from Long Island was good enough to make this. How about this? Because Cody loves Return of the Jedi. Because now in this pandemic, you have to be safe. So I got him a mask that says, you know what? Return of the Jedi okay. was okay. It was okay. <laughs> 
Right? How great you, is that? You, it was okay. You, you, you started strong. You started strong <laughs> with the idea, but you you finished kind of weak. So it was it was, uh, it was quite an emotional journey there. It was, it was okay. All right, really quick again, and and now I might have to give these gifts to you because he didn't. You know, I can't wait to see what. Now happened. you're offering was, a guest regifting. Regifting, yeah, yeah. So, right, so first of all, I gotta I gotta tell on him that he that he opened Cody's gifts like that. Well, I mean, he, he he hung up on me, so they're not his anyway. <laughs> How about this? Look at this. Police Academy, so he can watch it at oh, his leisure yeah. okay, on DVD. You like that? You redeemed yourself. I love yeah. it. You redeemed yourself. You're back on the uptick. Steve Gutenberg, one of the greatest actors of all time. And then finally, the last gift, and then we'll continue with the conversation. This is the best one of all. Now, Nyla, I know you've seen this at all the AEW shows. You know, the fan, the LaGreca fans, the Busted Open fans are very, very passionate, very, very supportive. So I'm very sure open. you've seen a lot of... The LaGreca heads in the audience, correct? Absolutely, yes. Big hit, yes. big hit with the AEW audience. So I know that probably Cody was a little bit jealous, a little jealous of of the LaGreca heads. So what I did, oh, I can't wait to see what I Drum roll. I got him, Scott Long Island made this special, his own. What? <laughs> Scott Long Island, you are you are the hero today. That's that's tremendous. Look at that's that. Incredible. Look at that. Because I because I know Cody was a little jealous. You know, everybody supporting me and not supporting him. So we made him a busted open uh, Cody Rhodes head. Because let's face it, uh, Nyla, nobody would think of making that for him to begin with. So I made that special. We made that's that that's haunting. It's very haunting. <laughs> Tommy, your thoughts. <laughs> I think you should uh, re-gift some of those gifts. And I think for having Nyla listen to this, you should uh, <laughs> send her four gifts for her birthday. I am. When is your and birthday, Nyla? Next month, actually. Well, you're going to get About one from, month away. All right. Oh, we're going to have a... Oh, we're going to have a... Can we have a Nyla Rose birthday celebration on the show, Tommy? If it's on a Wednesday, I'll be there. All right. Well, we'll find out what day, but we're going to do it. I don't care. I don't give a shit who's hosting. We're having a Nyla Rose <laughs> birthday celebration for sure. August 3rd. August 3rd is your birthday. How do you know that? That's, that's you, you, <laughs> You're Wikipedia. talking to Dave LaGreca. <laughs> you know what? I'll even tell you. I'll bet you don't even know this date. I'll let you know on my birthday's July 15th. I knew that right off the top of my head. I didn't even have to look at Wikipedia. <laughs> I got to be honest. I didn't. I didn't. So. <laughs> All right. So let's get back into Fighter Fest again. Listen, Niall, I was very upset to see you drop that AEW Women's Championship. I mean, what has this road been like for you without that championship title around your waist? It, you, you were disappointed. I mean, come on. I, I don't even think I ate dinner that night. It was I was very upset. Um uh, just frankly speaking, to reach this point in my career, to reach the the top, if you will, in in such a short time span, it hadn't even been one year that we're on television. That was an incredible feeling, and then to to lose the title in in a simple miscalculation, a, a, just a misstep, it was devastating. I'm not going to lie; it was pretty devastating. Um, that's that's why I took a step back. I kind of reevaluated some things. I I sat in the back watching the product, studying, studying, studying. Everybody thought I may have lost focus of the title picture. The opposite. I was extremely focused on the title picture. 
Um, like I said, I, I started speaking to some people. Somebody recommended, you know, hey, you know, Cody's working with Arn. Look at where he is. TNT Championship. I was like, you know what? There's something there. So I started speaking with somebody. I reached out to somebody. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I found somebody that would be uh, be the deciding factor in my corner. Somebody who's really going to help me drive it home and reach the top point again. Wow. Okay. Looking forward to this tonight. We got Bobby. two spoilers going. We got two really uh, peaking my interest. I watch anyway, but really peaking my interest. Good job because you're working a worker right now. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Oh, when you watch this back and you realize that I dropped a clue in, in what I just said, it's going to blow your mind. Oh, moving along. I'm moving, moving along. All right. I so could, this uh, is hang on, hang on. If All you right, need some uh, guidance, I could always get a towel and like a Ribera jacket <laughs> and be an old school manager for you. Tommy, I'm 100% for that. Nice. I will punch a woman right in her face and pile driver. Oh, 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 wow. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to help you get to the top. I'll, I'll cause interference. <laughs> that got dark. That went, that went left very quickly. That went. I will kick a child Marco stunt. I'll do it all. I've never turned that. heel. I like that. I like all right. that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Tommy, t- Tommy, you can never turn heel, Tommy. Come on now. Actually, there's two people I would turn heel on. And, uh, one works in AEW. <gasps> Interesting. Oh, yes. I'll freak your mind out now. Yeah. Already. Already. <laughs> who, who can you, can you tell us who that is? Nope. I, I mean, does anybody <laughs> give any information on this it's show? It's not about me. It's about our guest and fire. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on. Focus, I'm sorry, focus. Nyla. I'm sorry, Nyla. Talk about, again, we're talking about this road now that you're taking, and we're going to find out some significant changes that are going to happen tonight at Fighter Fest, night number two, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Talk about the last eight months. The last time we had you on, you know, we talked about, like, AEW Dynamite. It's only been around since October. It's crazy when you think about it. It's like less than a year, and it's only been around eight months that this show has been on the air, but you look at so many things that have happened over the course of eight months. How has it been for you? Because, you know, Nyla, you know, becoming a mainstream name, creating a lot of buzz for yourself, you're known, you're on national TV almost every single week. And then now, like with during this pandemic and everything else, just talk about the the, the last crazy eight months in your life. Uh, it, it simply put, it's been crazy. You know, um, now when I'm out, it's, 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 it's taken me by surprise being totally honest, totally candid here. Uh, I'll catch people like looking at me, staring at me and I, I have to register. Like, do you want to fight flirt or do you want to autograph? I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it kind of catches me off guard a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, wrestle time runs very different than uh, regular people's time. Like you said, it, it's only been on TV eight months, but so much has happened um, and and so much more is going to happen. Um, and I, I like to think that Fighter Fest is a nice little launch pad for a lot of those things. Uh, getting back into it, like I said, finding my groove. You know, the old one was Stella got her groove back. The new one is Nyla's got her groove back. And, like, and tonight getting that groove back and hit the ground running and I'll be women's champion again before you know it. I like it. Sounds, uh, I'm really intrigued about what you got going 
with your manager and all this stuff. I'm trying to think of stuff. You really hooked me. I can't believe it. I got hooked. Damn it. And I didn't even use Oreos. That was incredible. I just... <laughs> she knows. She knows you, Tommy. Tommy. I love Tommy. I, I know because I love him. He's, he's awesome. I love him. We follow each other on social media. We know what's going on in our lives, even though we don't see each other. But that's the beauty, what social media should be used for in that sense and trying yes. to uplift people. And that's what I do. That's what Nyla does. And that's what everyone else should do. And, you know, we're talking about wrestling in a pandemic and we're talking about the change in the landscape of professional wrestling that AEW has done. You know, Dave and I were talking about greatest heel turns and there's just these moments that capture your imagination or capture a a moment that, you know, I'm going to be 50. uh, Dave's up there too. Do you have a favorite moment of a heel turn that really made it resonate with you or like you were so angry and so upset? Um, there's been a few, there's been a few, uh, I would probably say the one that tops my list would be, uh, when Paul bear turned on the undertaker. Whoa. Oh, okay. That has not been mentioned yet. Nice. I did. I did not see that one coming and it, it, it hit hard. It hit home for me because the Undertaker was a huge part of my childhood, a huge part of growing up. It, like Undertaker fan from the moment I saw him, uh, it, just all the way through his career. So seeing Paul Bearer turn on him was like, "What is going on? What is wrestling? My life is ruined." <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> the rip posters off the wall. It was, it was, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> and then he killed uh, Paul Bearer. He dumped. Then he killed Paul Bearer. Did he dump him in? <laughs> Who dumped Paul Bearer in cement? Was that uh That was him. That was him. Yeah. He he like locked him in the thing and not a good way to go, by the way. Not, <laughs> not a good way to go out. Yeah, I was there for that one. That that was like uh he, Paul Bearer got like claustrophobic being in there because you had to be in there while they were shooting. Because remember, that was live in front of the audience. Yeah. And like, no, no. And then <laughs> here it all comes, and then they pull you out the back way. That's Imagine if like that went sour. Who that would have been really. <laughs> you know, you know, Nala, and and I'm I'm interested to hear this because obviously I know that your goal and your passion and your love right now is AEW and pro wrestling. But you know, having you on this show and you've been doing a lot of radio and you've been doing a lot of media uh, since you uh, premiered on AEW Dynamite. Do you have any aspirations to kind of branch out at all? You know, like I said, you have a, an amazing personality, amazing story. Like, is you know, TV or radio something that you want to do with your future? Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, it's it's funny you say that. Uh, a talk show is definitely on my bucket list. Um, right up there with get signed with a major promotion and fly a helicopter. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past me to try to pursue that avenue once I can no longer perform in ring. Um, but I, I just love this business. So if I could do anything, even just backstage stuff, I would be over the moon happy. Um, but definitely willing to explore and take advantage of any any avenue to just further uh, further my career along. For sure. It was uh, JR who really cemented me and my trainer, but JR really about wearing many, many hats in the business. And 
like I go back and watch old school wrestling and here's Jim Ross being the announcer. Here's Jim Ross being the play-by-play and, you know, he's refereed, he's done all that stuff. Now there's so much more opportunity for, you know, like we were talking about social media for you to get this own fan base, create what you have already and grow and expand on it. And I know like when AEW first broke out, you were part of every single media press conference. Uh, you were, you're there for all of it. That is what helps all of us grow because you do, you, you speak, you speak from the heart, which most people can see. Uh, when, when did you like first know you wanted to be a wrestler or like, how the hell did you even want to get into it? (laughs) I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Tommy. I don't know. I guess I, I, when I knew it was something that anyone could eventually be a part of, um, you know, growing up being a fan, uh, wrestling just seemed like such an outside thing. You see them on TV. It's like, there's no way that's attainable. That's just something for people to enjoy. You know, I, I'll sit back and enjoy it. And then somewhere high school, college around that area, um, I kind of learned that, no, you can go to a pro wrestling school, you can train, you can, you know, this can be an actual career for someone. And that's when I was, I started kind of reevaluating things. Uh, prior to that, I wanted to be a stunt performer in, in Hollywood. Go figure, right? So once I learned you could be a, a pro wrestler, I was like, no, this, I have to do this. This is, if it's something you can do, it's something that I'm going to do. Um, so I looked around my area for the closest wrestling school, which was about an hour away. And then they shut down maybe a month later. So at this point, I'm kind of freaking out. Like, what am I going to do? Okay, I guess I'll go to college, finish that out. And but but the bug never left me. It was it was I, once I had the thought, it was it. It was like I need to find a way to make this happen. Um, luckily, halfway through uh, what my first second year in college, I found a wrestling school in Manassas, Virginia, and um, I went, clicked with everybody, and I think I may have had uh, what rose colored glasses on because all I saw was wrestling. I, I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know what it's going to happen, but I can do it. This can be a thing. So I signed up on the spot, paid in full. That's awesome. Me too. I did the same. And what a career, what a path. And you're on that yeah. same path, which is awesome. And you're doing it in a lot quicker way. So that's great. Thank you. Now, what's the uh, what's the vibe with AEW right now? Like, what's the the vibe in the locker room? Is everybody like, is it like that team effort, like that you all want to succeed? You all have that same goal. What, what's that like? Because you hear a lot of, you know, talk about certain locker rooms and the environment. And and sometimes it's not always smooth. But whenever we have an AEW wrestler on, it seems like it is kind of like a team atmosphere. Is that true? You know, I don't know. The vibe tends to change when I walk in the room and I can't figure out why. I don't know why that is. Especially if there's like a table in the room, people get a little antsy. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's about. Um, But from what I can see, uh, yeah, everybody seems to be on the same page. We all just want to succeed. We all want the best from each other. We all just want to pull pull that to the top and and take everybody, shoot us all to the moon. You know, this is, this is every, I can honestly say this is a passion project of everybody. Maybe that's the wrong verbiage, but everybody there definitely, definitely has a passion for this. No one that I see is going through the motions. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants the product to be successful. It's pride in your work and pride. It's also, and I equated this many times to like, 
it reminded me the vibe of ECW where everyone has yeah. the steal this, steal the show mentality, as well as you want it to succeed, not only for yourselves, but for the business, because it's been the underdog. No one ever thought that this was going to happen and succeed the levels that it did, especially so quickly. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have an awesome leader uh, and boss that you could actually talk to. And another thing, like yesterday I was talking about, uh, I flew yesterday. Delta did everything in their power to make me feel comfortable while I was working. And I know it's refreshing to work with AEW where they're constantly testing everybody, letting people take two weeks off uh, to quarantine. And you have an owner that cares about the talent, not saying that they don't care in other places, but they go above and beyond for the talent, which is super duper awesome for a company to work for. And how do you not want to repay that company with working your ass off for him? No, ab- absolutely. That's, that's kind of hit the nail right on the head. You know, everybody, everybody feels heard. Everybody feels seen. Um, it's, it's so crazy to be in a place where in, in, I'm not even just talking about wrestling, but you know, I've, I've done some acting, I've done theater. Um, and sometimes the director is like, Nope, this is my vision. This is what we're going to do. This is how I want you to do this. But even here, people are encouraged, Hey, what's your idea? Like, where do you want to go with this? You know, what's, what's on your mind. So that's absolutely insane to me, but it, it, I think that on top of what Tommy just said is, is definitely a huge factor in why everyone is so passionate, so driven because they feel encouraged and embraced to actually be creative. How the hell you know, is Billy Gunn doing there? Like he's so angry. How can he be around <laughs> all these positive people? He's such an angry man. Yeah, he's mean. well well nyla besides you know putting people through tables which i know is a passion project for you like what are like some of your interests outside of wrestling what are some hobbies that you have i'm interested to know uh i actually hiking and photography is is like peaceful as that sounds that's why i'm dressed this way because soon as we hang up it's workout time and i'm going on a long hike and hopefully find something good to take some pictures of but uh i do i do enjoy a nice long hike um, photography, video games. I'm a huge gamer, huge nerd. Uh, Oreo aficionado, like uh, like Tommy. Like if a new flavor comes out, I gotta try it. I I, I have to. I I just, just just I have to. Stars and stripes was pretty good. Gotta admit it. <sighs> haven't haven't found that one yet, but it's on it's radar. Gone. What the hell? What now? Yeah, it they're didn't gone. Hit my now. area it didn't. I need to start like a trade service with you or something. Like it it didn't hit my area. You know what? I'm going to have to, when I, I'm going to start buying them in twosies and I'll send you a pen. <laughs> All right. See, see, like, Greg, that's how you win me over. You take some lessons, take some lessons. Oreos. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write that it's, down. It's, it was more like general bribes. Like you, you're on the right track with the police Academy movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I listen, I'm, I'm down August 3rd. We're doing a Nyla Rose a birthday celebration on August 3rd. We are not going to miss that day. That's a significant day for crying out loud. All right, holiday. Yeah, that's right. It's a national holiday. Mark it down, Tommy. August 3rd, national holiday, Nyla Rose Day. Sending her Oreos. (laughs) Send her some Oreos. All right, Nyla. uh, Again, this is a significant day for you because we're going to find out a lot about your future here with AEW tonight at Fighter Fest night number two. Again, 
Night number one was fantastic, but on paper, I think this night's going to be even better. 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Nyla, good luck. Good luck in your hike. Good luck taking some pictures. And good luck tonight <laughs> uh, on Fighter Fest night, or, night number two. And thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.